This is the EP Growth Podcast from Hunter Rehabilitation and Health. We are here to grow the exercise physiology profession through supporting the professional and personal growth of young EPs in the industry. And we're back. 2024 is underway. Thanks everyone for joining us today back on the EP Growth Podcast. We've got uh, some big things planned for the year ahead. I'm sure like everyone we've been going through, setting some goals and bring a little bit of a roadmap for the year ahead. So we're excited. It's great to be back. Great to have you here with us. Look, if you like the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you'd um, share it around, let your friends know about it, uh, get as many people listening as possible. It's going to go a long way to helping the podcast. Uh, and if you've got some topics you'd like us to cover, maybe we haven't uh, covered something yet that you would really like to, to hear about, let us know. Email info at hunterrehab.com.au. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, talk about all things EP or just health-related matters, reach out reach out to that same email address uh we'll get in touch and we'll see if we can get you on but for today kicking off 2024 uh it is that time where a lot of people are putting down in their their sort of goals their uh desire statements that they would like to go on and do a little bit more in their role they want to take on more challenges than uh remaining uh solely as an ep and they'd like to go on to become a bit more of a mentor or, or taking on sort of further roles of that nature so what does that process look like? And and not formally in the terms of um, approaching your 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 boss or manager and and going through that process, but informally. How do you become a mentor? Um, what does that look like? And and how does that generally work out? So I want to go through a few points there because it's a journey that I went on myself, uh, and I guess I still am. Uh, and I think I think you can find it. It can be quite challenging. It's not. Uh, wake up in the morning, oh, you're a mentor now and, and everything just works out and you've got all the answers to everything. So a few key things to, to tick off there as we go through today's podcast. So let's get into it. So becoming a mentor, when does that actually start? How does, what does that look like? Well, the truth of the matter is it starts way sooner than you think, way sooner than you think. So it's not like your, your manager comes to you and says, all right, starting on Monday, you're going to be mentoring these people. And before that, no one ever looked at you for advice or instruction. And then after that point in time, everyone starts to come for you for advice and instruction and they follow everything you say like it's gospel. That's not how it works at all. Uh, people will be following your lead. They'll be looking to you for guidance way sooner than that if you're someone that's realistically being considered in a mentor role, way sooner. Uh, the other thing that you need to, to consider within that is you are always a mentor then. You are, you're always working in that capacity. It's not like, oh, today I'm mentoring and, and then tomorrow I'm just in my EP role. People are constantly looking to you as a standard and as a role model. And I think that can be challenging, especially if you're that you're new to this, if you're still maturing into your role and the, day, the day-to-day uh, consistency of your role, that expectation can be really difficult. And like I have a, a personal sort of reflection and story on that. And, and that's exactly what happened for me. Uh, working here, Hunter Rehab back in the day started off and we had a, a relatively small team. And um, my expectation was we were all equals. We're all in this together, we're all doing the same role and we and we were. But outside of that, people would still look, learning now, people would still look at other other guys in the team for advice or as a role model or instruction in, in not necessarily as a, as a whole, but in certain specifics of what they would do within the role. And I had no idea. I didn't know that <laughs> I would uh, just go about my day and uh, one point in time getting a little bit frustrated in terms of um, 
an individual coming to me with with certain things in, on certain topics and wanting advice, wanting to discuss things and getting frustrated. It was taking a bit of my time and um, you know, like just just make a call, just make a decision. Like, what do you what do you need me for? And it was the, I guess you could say it was brave of this person or. I'm not sure if it was brave or not, but it was certainly helpful for me and certainly revealing for me that this person sort of sat with me for a second and said, Hey, do you realize that, that you, you are a mentor here? Like people look to you for advice. People want to know what you think, have a, a, a respect for your opinion. And that's sort of, you'd be big headed about that if you like, but it was quite humbling. Uh, I had no idea. And it was sort of like, Oh wow, really? Like why I'm, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. I'm, I'm working out the same as you are. Um, but others don't necessarily see that about you. They might see that, hey, you're organized. You you know what you're doing. You've got this put together and they want your opinion. So you, you need to understand that, uh, that just because you may not necessarily think of yourself as a being in a certain role or having a, uh, a role to play in a business, there are other people that will think of you in that way. So it doesn't need to be you're in a formal capacity as a mentor, but people oftentimes will be already looking at you in that fashion. And the sooner you can understand that, the easier this process, this this changing process will become. So chances are, if you're in line to become a mentor somewhere, people are already and have been for a long time looking at you in that capacity. So you need to understand that and then you need to live that every day. Um, you can't decide, today I'm going to be an example. And then two days later, I can't really be bothered. Um, and, and then just sort of slip into sort of poorer, lazier habits. You are in that capacity all the time. Something else to consider there, if you're going to be going into a, a mentoring role, the chances are that you're pretty proficient at your day-to-day role as an EP. Okay, Things generally sort of come naturally to you or seem like they do. Your CIs are always met. Uh, you're really comfortable in that role as an EP. But do you know how you do that? Which sounds ridiculous. But I, I would use an analogy. You've got a freakish sports star who just does things that nobody else can do. And you go up to them and say, how did you just do that? And they look at you and go, I have no idea. Just reacted. I just do it. It's just, it is what it is. Why doesn't everyone do this? They can't explain to you how they do it, but they can do it. That doesn't help anyone get better. Those people don't make great coaches. They can be sort of inspirational, but they can't tell you how to do something better. Whereas if you've got someone that toils away a little bit, maybe it's a player who hasn't got all the natural gifts, but they've had to work harder. They've had to figure out other ways. They've had to really analyze the game and, and how they how they play the game. They can probably turn into better coaches than those star players because of that experience, having to think about it, having to work harder, how, having to find other ways because it doesn't come as naturally. So you don't want to necessarily, if you're going to go into a mentoring role, you don't necessarily want to be that star player Certainly, you at least want to have attributes of the other player who's had to work it out, who knows their game, who's who's figured some things out. Because in that process, you can explain to others how to figure it out. You can explain to others how to get from where they are to where they want to go. So knowing how you do what you do as a high performer is essential. You need to be able to find multiple different ways to get to that end result so you can get the get the way that's going to work for that person that you've got sitting in front of you. And then within that, you need to be able to have hard conversations that are effective. That's the most important part of that. So 
uh, I, again, let's, let's use personal experiences. But as I started in this role um, and, and mentoring other people here at Hunter Rehab, having conversations, but yeah, that's no worries. Let's have a hard conversation. I can do that. Like, it doesn't really affect me. Like, that was kind of my attitude towards it. And, and you'd sit down and you go, well, yep, I told him. I told him. And was it effective? No, it was not effective. And so, so much uh, personal development work there on how to be effective in these conversations, which is a totally, it's another podcast in itself, but um, being able to get the best out of individuals, being able to coach them in a way that's going to be effective for them, but then also having effective conversations with an individual where they are required. Uh, that's a whole new new skill set. It's a new level of um, new level of performance, I suppose. That's you know you you don't need to do that every day in your role as an EP. Sure, there's going to be times we need to hold um, or, or help bring your your clients and patients to accountability, but it's it's not as frequent as it can be in a mentoring role. So that is uh, that's definitely something to be mindful of there. Something else that uh, I think people take or don't immediately consider, sorry, is using their time effectively. And that is you now almost have two roles. Certainly uh, you're responsible for more things. It's no longer just am I totally across all of my own EP roles. You'll now need to do that for somebody else. You need to be totally across where they are up to in their day-to-day roles so you can effectively mentor them. Hey, you need to have more attention here. This is actually going amazingly well. Well done. Here's some positive feedback. You're going to need to know all those sorts of things. So that straight away increases your workload. So are you able to use your time effectively? What tools can you put in place to to lighten that sort of workload there? Uh, Can you use different resources to bring that information more effectively to you? Uh, So that's, that's often one of the, Probably one of the hardest ones as a health professional is using your time effectively there because more often than not, you've got people coming to you, people that see you as their mentor coming to you, looking for advice, looking for opinion, looking for you to solve their problem because that's easy. And I've done it. Sometimes I still do that just through through habit. I don't necessarily mean to, but uh, you know, people want that advice. They want like, just quick solve this problem for me. And as health professionals, we want to help. And oftentimes the, the easiest, quickest way to solve that problem is to just solve that problem. But that can take you away from the, the most pressing thing that you ne- now need to do within your role. You might have other things that are desperately requiring your time that only you can do. You're being dragged away from to solve problems for people that absolutely can solve those problems, but they're looking for you to do it. So effectively managing your time, that becomes a real skill set. How can you say no to things and and say that effectively, say that appropriately so that you can focus on what you need to be focusing on? And part of that is, I've already mentioned it in this podcast, is bringing other people to accountability and not a dirty word, accountability. It's not sort of making them own up to their mistakes. There's a lot of people will see it, but it's helping. It's inviting them to have accountability over their roles. It's, It's a positive thing. And a wonderful resource on this is the book called Own It. Uh, I might link that into the show notes, but that's a a wonderful resource to help frame conversations and help bring people to accountability. So they, they are looking for it. It's a positive thing. They know exactly what they need to do and they're happy for that. So accountability uh, can be a a great tool to effectively, effectively manage your time. So before we wrap it up, a couple of 
tips to help frame um, your mentoring journey as it kicks off, assuming in 2024, that's what you're going to be doing. And I would say in hindsight, with a bit of ex- bit more experience, I think something that I would do now if I was starting a mentoring relationship, the very first thing would be to sit down with someone, with a, with a mentee, go and get a coffee, just remove yourself from the, the day-to-day work, you know, get a coffee with that person and have a conversation with them about what that relationship is going to look like. What are their expectations of this mentoring relationship? What are your expectations of that mentoring relationship? How is it all going to work? If things go good, then what happens? I'm going to say go good. Like if if you know, you're on track, if we're both doing the things that are, you know, it's a positive relationship or what do you guys determine is as good and positive? If that's all happening, then what? But if things aren't aligning, if we're not meeting each other's expectations, if there's if there's tension in certain places, then what happens? And we're in agreement on that. This is how we'll address it. Let's get all of those things out on the table up front. What level of participation do you each need from me, from one another? Um, all of those things, the expectations of, of every level of that mentor-mentee relationship. Let's get that on the table now, and then we can we can act on that in a way that each of us respect and, and have requested so that it's the healthiest possible relationship we're going to have. So that would be the first thing I would do is let's get that on the table. And then the second thing I would do is oh, I would maybe even do this first, sorry, but start reflecting. Okay. Obviously you need to know how you achieve things. I've said that during this podcast, how do you get the job done? But you need to know what your strengths are. You need to know what your weaknesses are. So that's going to help guide you with your future CPD, your own professional development, where do you need to get better? And you need to know what style of leader you're going to be. What's the style of mentor do you want to be? Are you going to be the best buds that just sort of very informal, very casual? That's fine. If you're going to do that, you need to know how you can sort of gear up and sort of uh, encourage a bit more of a formal, hey, like we're have that more difficult conversation. How do you go from best buds to that? Like as long as you know how you're going to do that, that can work. If you're going to be a little bit more formal and 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 not so much best buds but very much let's just get the job done okay great but how are you going to show care and empathy for that person how are you going to understand that person sitting in front of you so again it's not wrong but you just need to think about these things and what what are you comfortable with what what style of leader and mentor do you want to be and then you can set about formalizing that in your day-to-day actions so look we've briefly covered a what can be an involved topic there on, on how to go about becoming a mentor and what does that look like? Uh, if you'd like to know a little bit more, absolutely reach out. We can cover a bit more, cover it in a bit more detail in a future podcast. But for now, we'll leave it there. Good luck in 2024. If this is a journey that you're on, if you're uh, if you're about to become a mentor, enjoy it. It's one full of growth. It's uh, it's enjoyable. It really allows you to apply that. What are strengths of caring and wanting to help people in in a little bit of a different fashion, but it's ultimately very, very rewarding. So if you implement some of these things here, I'm sure it'll go great for you. But until the next podcast, bye for now. Hey guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the EP Growth Podcast. If you would like to be mentored by one of the high-performing exercise physiologists at Hunter Rehab and Health, please visit epgrowthpodcast.com and click on the mentoring page to learn more. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends so we can ultimately grow this profession together. Thank you.